hello, hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> awesome. We're here. Um, another episode of Hacks, Tips, and Tricks for Real Estate Agents. Um, I've got my lovely co-host. I say that every week, but I just love it. <laughs> my lovely co-host, Casey on. <laughs> the, uh, so she is the downtown guru of Raleigh, North Carolina, but really she works all of North Carolina. She does deals in Wilmington. Um, you're getting your license in South Carolina too, right? Crazy. Um, and then I'm Hallie McCrory, uh, team lead for, it was Hallie's Homes before, now Empower Real Estate Group as of today. We just uh, went through some rebranding, so more of that to come. And today we've got my, or actually both of our mentors, Lisa Copeland on. She is, I mean, if y'all don't know her, she is just an absolute powerhouse. Um, I found her online when I was first looking into joining eXp Realty, um, was looking at Tarek's team uh, after I got a message from him and, you know, just was doing my research and found Lisa. And I'm like, who is this? Who is this lady? Like, oh my goodness. She, so she's been in the mortgage industry with her husband for what, almost 25 years now. She was this powerhouse woman in the automotive industry. You still are. You still do a lot of consulting for them, I know. Um, and she was the number one uh, dealership in sales for Fiat, Fiat and Alfa Romero in the whole world. So, I mean, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg. Like she has all these crazy credentials, crazy awards that she's won. I mean, and on top of that, Lisa just has a true heart of gold. Like she truly cares about other people. And um, I don't know. I just feel like we're both on the same page. All three of us really. I mean, I feel like our why is um, and why we do this is to really help people build that generational wealth. And I learn all of that. I mean, almost everything through Lisa. Um, yes. Lisa is in Grant Cardone's investing club. She's literally a host for a TV show about real estate. Like I said, she's had 25 years in the mortgage industry She's my go-to for, you know, when we talk about real estate investments, what's going on in the market, what is treasury yields, bond yields, you know, that kind of verbiage. She's my go-to for that. So lo and behold, after all my, my crazy introduction, this is Lisa Copeland. Hey, <laughs> thanks for having me, girls. I, I know that I'm following, I think, was Sharon Lecter here last week? <laughs> Week before. No, that was week before, yes. Good. I hate having to follow Sharon Lecter. <laughs> hard act to follow. I love that woman. I know. She's amazing. You know, and I think all of us have to have mentors. And she's somebody who's my mentor in the financial world, you know, uh, on the mortgage side and stuff. Yeah, I've got 25 years experience and running businesses. I ran car dealerships for years and owned them. So, you know, but that piece of it. But when it really comes down to learning how to invest your money and how to build generational wealth through passive income, through cash flow. I've got two mentors. I've got Sharon Lecter and Grant Cardone. And um, really both of them, yeah. That's in the business. That's in the business. Both of them are very dear personal friends of mine. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not like they coach me. They really don't. They're my friends. And so I'm able to, to draw on, you know, their massive experience. And for those of you watching this, I am not able to share this, Hallie. It's so weird. I'm trying to share it onto my Facebook because I want all my people to be able to see it. Um. Anyway, I can share it to yours. Yeah, or just tag me. In going it. And I'll, I'll, I'll do it. 
Yeah. But anyways, with that being said, and, and I say that to say, because people say, oh, you've got this resume, you're old as dirt. Like, surely you don't have mentors anymore. And I'm like, but I do, you know, yes. I, you know, and the people that are your mentors, you know, when you're looking for a mentor, it may not even be somebody that you meet ever in your life. It may be somebody you follow, right? You may mm -hmm. follow their advice. You may follow what they do and whatever. So, you know, uh, just you know, for someone to call someone a mentor or a coach doesn't mean that you have to, um, you have to know them personally and, you know, and people that you want to aspire to be and look up to, you know, you want to, if you're looking for a mentor in any business, you know, you want to have somebody that's more successful than you are. There's a lot of fake coaches out there, girls. There's a lot of people out there selling services and mm -hmm. so it makes me, well, you guys know what it does to me. I'm like, <laughs> that person's a fraud. That person's never done anything. I know who that person is. You're way more successful than they are. Right. So, you know, it's like buyer beware when it comes to who you're going to follow and who you're going to listen to. Absolutely. It's like the saying you are what the sum of the five people you surround or the people you million surround. percent. And you're also the sum of five losers. If you hang out with them, mm -hmm. yep. I used to tell that to my kids. Like there used to be like, well, why are you so worried about who our friends are? I'm like, because that is who you will become. Right. So, mm -hmm. Oh. whether you know it or not that's right that's right love it okay so guys i wanted lisa to come on um she's been i mean just with everything going on in the economy right now and then on top of that we've got these bank failures um and like i said lisa is an investor herself she mentors investors she has literally the best in the business mentoring her um mm -hmm. so i wanted her to come on and talk about um, you know, where she puts maybe her investments and then also how, what the, the market right now looks like for us going into the future, because these bank failures are actually, um, those are actually going to be bringing interest rates down. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, um, you would think they would, but you know, the fed three days or a week later raised, uh, the prime by a quarter of a point. So, you know, this guy, Powell, he's out of control. Um, you know, but you also you also have an administration that 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 can't manage, you know, a piece of bubble gum. So, you know, where the former president did such a good job is that he was able to manage the Fed and right. uh, and this administration's not managing the Fed. And so let me let me just tell you a little bit about what inflation is. OK, I think it all starts with inflation because that's what we hear. Oh, you have to raise rates because of inflation, inflation, inflation. And you ask the average person on the street, uh, do you know what inflation is? And they're like. No, I just know it's why they're raising interest rates. So let me just give you uh, an example. And it's, it's a pretty poignant one. So when I go out and I speak and I, I, um, and I, you know, I'm always looking for data. So I went to a .org website about uh, inflation stats. And let me, let me give you a pretty sobering stat in, by city. Uh, in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona has got the highest inflation in the country. And what does that mean? That means that the, the price of their goods since 2020 and 2023 have gone up, okay, 19.5% on average across the board. So that would be looking at cars and insurance and food and the grocery store and gas and da, 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 da. So maybe, maybe food's up 30%, gas is up 10%, cars are up 4%, whatever. And then, you know, so they average that out. So what that means to the average person is, is that Phoenix is the most expensive city in the country to, to live in. And why do we call it inflation? And, and I will tell you, and then you take that to the other side, San Francisco is the lowest with only 3.68% inflation. So technically, 
um, San Francisco is not in an inflationary market because what, in, what inflation means is it, it is when the cost of goods, the cost of living exceeds more than you earn in the bank. So right now, the average interest rate on a savings account is 4%, right? You want to tie it up for six months, nine months, you can get four and a half, almost pushing 5%. But 4% if you're just Joe Blow going to the bank and putting money into a savings account. So if your money is sitting in the bank, if that $100 is sitting in the bank and it's only earning 4%, but you live, so right, but you live in Phoenix, Arizona, and on average, your cost of living has gone up 19%. That's inflation. That 15% gap, that means that means you are you are overspending your dollar, right? Like like you are going backwards 15% a year. Your your expenses have risen with really nothing to show for it. Zero to yeah. show for it, right? Except for, you know, except for a government that can't control it. That's that's what that gets down to. So, why do I say cash is trash? Cash is absolute trash. I was with a really good friend of mine the other day and um in fact, we were going to the Trump rally in Texas and I was talking to her about it and she was talking to me about her money. And I said, you need to get every dime you can out of the bank. Why are the banks going to fail? I'm like, no, it's not about bank failures. Right. Okay? It's about uh, it, it's about the fact that your 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 money is sitting there and it's devaluing. So I want to say the rate where we live of inflation is about 11 percent, uh, nine, nine to 11 percent, if I remember right. So that means that means we're going backwards. So if that money sits in the bank, costs continue to rise and 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 the, and the, our money is not keeping up with how costs are rising. So we're going in the hole. So if you look at real estate, why is real estate a good investment? Well, number one is that um, it'll outrun the rate of inflation. Right. right. It's around the country, the average appreciation on a home is five percent. But in our markets, in my market, it's about 12 percent. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can outrun inflation by putting it in real estate. Right. I can also keep the bank from shutting down. I can keep people from capturing my money. I mean, I can do a lot of things if my money is sitting over here in this asset versus just sitting in a bank. When it sits in a bank, they're in control. When it sits in a hard asset, right, when it sits in real estate, you're in control. As long as you make your payments and you pay your taxes, it's yours. Right. Nobody's going to take it from you. And all of us is, and I assume Hallie that the, um, and Casey, the, the audience is real estate professionals typically, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, guys, we need to be telling our clients that like if, if, if clients are working with the right real estate professionals, we know how to sniff out the deals. I'm yeah. already sniffing out deals for my people, you know, and, and it's crashing. It's just, it's adjusting back to what I would say is a pre COVID because we know, I mean, for those of you who don't know why uh, the housing market went up so much during COVID wasn't the fact that they appreciated that fact. It was the fact that the new home builders quit building. Right. They had to quit building. They couldn't have people on the job sites. We had supply chain management problems. So now all of a sudden, 40% of the, of the new home sector, of, of the home sector, which is typically first-time home buyers, by the way, because mm -hmm. they're less expensive, typically mm -hmm. the new home neighborhoods, they were now having to get pushed into the resale market. So you had a little bit less inventory because people were scared. You lost all of your new homes. You had um, you had people wanting to get the heck out of highly dense areas, mm -hmm. you know, and and blue states where they're getting locked down for the rest of their lives. So they wanted to get out of there. And we they see that now with Texas. San Francisco's numbers. Yeah, yeah, Texas, mm -hmm. Florida, states like that. Yeah, everybody's leaving California right now. I feel like. Well, yeah, because people are looking for sanity. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so and so it was just the perfect storm. 
Oh, and then on top of that too, like the lowest and interest, interest rates for three percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was free money, free money, which I can't tell you how many videos I did telling people free money. And, and the people that didn't listen to me and they're like, oh God, I should have listened to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what you would say. Like the, um, the money was on sale then. Money was on sale. But the asset wasn't on sale. Now it's opposite. The assets on sale. Cause all these we're we're seeing all these price drops. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. depends on the week seems like, but yep. the money's not on sale, but at least something's on sale. Right. Exactly. And I'll tell you in the long run, we're better off getting the asset on sale. Right. Because two years will come and go very quickly and the interest rates will come back down. Maybe, maybe touch on that a little bit more. Um, Why, why it's good to have the asset on sale. Because, you know, you always want to, you know, money's made, you know, I used to tell this when I was in the car business and I say it in real estate, money's made at, at acquisition. So even when we were out acquiring used cars for our used car lot, we were a new car dealer, but we had used cars. And I used to tell the managers, like, we will make the money at what you can buy the car for. All the rest of it, you know, the carrying costs, what it takes, it costs us to rehab the car, all of that. The money's made when, when you acquire it. And it's the same in real estate. You know, if you pay too much, you know, it isn't that you're going to get buried, but it's like you've, you've, you've paid the future appreciation on it. And that's how I had to justify it to people back in 2020, 2021, like, you know, yes, we're paying 50,000 over, but you want to move. So you're, you know, you're, you're paying future appreciation on that property. Yeah. Okay. But if, but if, if you can, if you can get that, if you can get that asset at the lowest price, you know, it'll have nothing to do, but go up the cost of funds. You know, the thing about paying more for your money is that the money's at least tax deductible. So you get 40% of that back. So I know even though it's like paying 6% interest or 5.5, I think my husband said he's locking deals at now. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. even, even at 5.5, you know, you're going to get, I mean, you're really, your effective interest rates, probably only about 3.5 for those of us in a 30, 40% tax Mm -hmm. bracket. So it's, but, but you still own this asset for less money. Yeah. So when you own it for less money, then when you go to sell it, you know, that money's yours, that spread is yours. So you always want to, it's always better if the asset's on sale, you're always better off if you can acquire at a lower price and pay a higher rate. Because what will happen is as soon as interest rates start to go up, excuse me, start to go down, house prices will go up. That's just how it goes. You know, rates go up, house prices go down. Rates go down, house prices go up. So now is the sweet spot. It is the time to make those acquisitions. Yeah, because I, I think, um, well, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball and obviously you know better, but I think it will, it seems like it will end up leveling out a little bit. And I, yeah. I've heard talks of us being in the fours down the line. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so. you know, I mean, I, I say, you know, we're, we're, we're one election, one catastrophe, one war away from, interest rates dropping again one I mean, bank I can, failure <laughs> yeah one bank failure you know so yeah Pretty one virus one something yeah yeah one virus thank you yeah i mean yeah. that dropped them lower than anything so. yeah mm-hmm. so typically um so like I, I guess it was like two weeks ago now um the bank failures were kind of going on and then um, i saw that national association of realtors came out and posted um that typically when something like this happens, investors put their money into uh, the bonds, correct? And the treasury yields go down. Right. And that typically means that interest rates will be lowered as well. Yeah. And it it happened for about a week and then it it just, it 
it kind of it kind of went back again. So I don't know. So again, I mean, that's nothing we can control. But what we can control is going out and finding great pieces of real estate, great assets. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was interesting to know that it seemed like they were saying and that you've said a good marker normally of knowing when interest rates are about to go down is looking at that treasury or yeah, treasury yield. Yeah, yeah, treasury bonds. I mean, I mean, mortgage rates are based on the uh, mortgage-backed securities and, and treasuries. Yeah. You know, so so they're they're not they're not tied to prime rate. Right. Okay. So, but you know, it's so interesting. I'm I'm, I'm looking at buying a building right now, and um, so I go to the bank because I don't do you know we don't do commercial lending. The banker's like, yeah, the rate's gonna be seven and a half. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like mortgage rates are only five and a half. She's like, yeah, but we're not tied to treasuries. We're tied to the prime. I'm like, God, that makes me hate pal even more. Yeah. She's like, I know. I was afraid to tell you. I knew that you'd get fired up about it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what other investments uh, should we, uh, I mean, even as us as realtors and then when we're, you know, talking to potential investors or people who are already investing, what are you looking at typically like? um stuff closer to you maybe stuff farther yeah you know it's it's you know i mean grant's going to disagree with me a little bit on this one but like um you know uh you know he was telling me you know i should look at stuff maybe in nashville or in florida and i'm just like i you know i need to be able to see my real estate like that's a mental thing for me so i you know i don't know that that that's the most sound advice but my advice to myself is is it needs to be 50 miles from me yeah, I need to be able to go check on it. I need to be able to go look at it. I need to understand the market, but understand this, that just because something's a good deal, it may not be a good deal because it's all, it really does. Number one is location. Number one is location, location. And then number two is what is the deal? Number three is what is the debt? How, how are you going to secure the debt? And then number four is, you know, what is the equity and the equity is the down payment. And that's, what's pretty cool. I think that's what people don't realize is that you can crowdfund your equity. You know, an equity, and when I say your equity, that's your down payment. You can crowdfund that. So let's just say, you know, this building I'm looking at is, it's a million dollars and I, I need to put $200,000 down on it. You know, mm -hmm. I could go to four people, if, you know, and say, hey, you know, how about $50,000 a piece? I'll, I will carry the debt. That's my part of this partnership. And you guys carry the equity. All right. Or uh, yeah, the equity, which is the down payment. The down payment so, then, yeah. so then, you know, you could take that asset and then you could form an LLC and, you know, and, and so you can, you can literally go into a deal, ladies and gents with no money down. If, if you learn how to properly crowdfund the equity. So someone and, just asked, what is crowdfund? Oh, crowdfund. That's good. Um, you know, go to your people, go to your friends, go to your, your family, you know, and, literally and, and, funding from the crowd around you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, and there's like, oh yeah, someone, they said, I oh, got it. But like even Tarek and Grant do that with their, um, I guess, are they REITs? They're not REITs. And, okay. and, but Tarek and Grant deal with the SEC. So, 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 so they are able to publicly crowdfund, mm -hmm. meaning, you know, go to the public, to the general public. What I'm talking about. Um, it's just your friends and family. Your friends and family. Um, because the minute, the minute that you, you go to the public, you have to have accreditation, accredited investors and, and things right. like that. So, but just to get into the game, right? You know, the other thing that I'm finding, there's another deal that I'm looking at. It's 10 million and it's 17 buildings. Um, and it's, it's, no, I'm, I'm lying. It's, it's $4 million, no, $6 million. <laughs> the seller will carry, I'm sorry, four, I've got, I'm looking at three or four deals right now. The, um, it's $6 million. 
The seller's owned it a long time. So I go to him and I say, how much of the debt will you carry? He's an older gentleman and I know he's owned it 50 years. He says, he says, I'll finance 4 million of it for you. I'm like, okay, boom, done. So like in my mind, I got that on the shelf, yeah. right? And he'll do it at 5%. The bank's at 7.5, right? So you always want to go to people and go, hey, you know, or go to the sellers. Hey, are you willing to do some financing for me? I mean, the only thing that you say is no, right? So, right. so I got 4 million from him at 5%. That's great. So now I'm going to crowdfund. I'm going to go to some investors that I know. I have to personally know them to make it where I don't have to play with the SEC. So now right. I'm, I'm going to them and I'm going to my real estate club with Grant because I officially know all these people Yeah. and I'm going to put out the debt, excuse me, the equity at $2 million. So I'm going to secure the debt at the 4 million. I will carry the $4 million in debt. I'm fine with that. And then I'm going to raise the 2 million in that group and with people that I know. And then, you know, depending on how much they put in, um, but because I'm carrying the debt, I will be the general partner. Right. Okay. So, which actually puts me in a, in a superior position to the limited partners who are just putting in the equity. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. I mean, I've learned how to do this from Grant. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Like, like, you know, you just, I, I just want everyone to know that now's the time to get into real estate because you also want to afford, uh, avoid paying taxes. Right. No. And so just like on my, then that million dollar building I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to be able to write off, I already got the uh, depreciation schedule from my CPA. I think it's 80,000 the first five years directly off of my income. Nice. And that is just the depreciation. That is not the interest I'm going to pay on the building. That's not the expenses to the building. Da, 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 da. But, but, but I get that depreciation up front. So that's why commercial is also really good because if you want to legally not pay taxes, it's, it's a, it's depreciation from, um, from buildings, from investment properties. Love it. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely really interested in the commercial side too, especially with like offices. Um, I don't know, at least just here in San Angelo, there's always our, our economy. Um, it, it it's pretty padded. Um, and so we always have new businesses here and people always needing office space. Good. So that's where my interest lies, I guess. Good. Yeah. I mean, I play in it all the time. I mean, yeah. you're all Adam's guilt. So it's just, yeah, but it's good. Yeah, right. I mean, a new bar, like she's in that, like, <laughs> but again, at the end of the day, weekend. at the end of the day, I mean, even if those businesses don't make money, they make money because mm -hmm. you're not paying taxes. Right. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. That guys, there's no other way on planet Earth unless you win the lottery or, you know, you've got family money, but you know, the 99.9% .9 of people on planet Earth, that is not the the scenario. The only way to build true wealth and um and and pay less income tax is through real estate. End of story, end of story, end of story. Period. Yeah. I mean, look at we've talked about this. Look at like other wealthy person in the world, it's all built through, or a lot of it is built through real estate. I mean, you look at all the billionaires on, on, on the planet and in 80 to 90% of them, their, their wealth, I mean, Donald Trump, I mean, you look at a lot of them, their wealth was in real estate. I always think of uh, Michael Dell in Austin too. Yeah. Just like when people say like, Oh, Michael Dell owns that, that all that land. I'm like, yeah. It's like John Kane here in Raleigh. He's yeah. Yeah. Lockdown. So. Yeah. Because they're smart. They understand like, like they're not making any more dirt. Yeah. yeah. Building right here with the birds on it. 
Kane, Smokey Hollow. I mean, just everything yeah. around me. Yep. Yeah. And well, and, and I think especially in this day and age with how popular the short-term rentals are getting to, and we've got like really good property management companies. So if you did want to do something like, like Grant said, in, in a Nashville or a Scottsdale, yeah, like, there's people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, I mean, those are really great markets for sure. Mm-hmm. They're just not for me personally. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's like me, I'm someone who travels a lot. I'm always going places with my girlfriends and stuff. And we've talked about, you know, the, the, some of the places that we like to visit and we're like, what if we just got an Airbnb there, went in it together? I mean, we could crowdfund it together, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could go whenever we wanted essentially and just, yeah. you know, have that time blocked out. Um, and then it's paying for itself and more with the short-term rentals on Airbnb and VRBO. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the crazy part y'all. Like I, I just, I have so many friends. I've got a, the same friend I was talking to the other day, she was telling me, she's like, you know, we decided to rent out our lake house and it's out on, it's out in Burnett. And she's like, like, we're making $6,000, like for, I think it's a 700 a night, but over the 4th of July, she's getting a thousand dollars a night. And she's like, yeah. why didn't I do this five years ago? Just wasn't the norm. Yeah. Yeah. So she's really excited about it. Yeah. And I have to tell so like for me personally, I don't, you know, I, I like Airbnb. I mean, I think it's a good investment for me. I don't like Airbnb. Right. I think it's a lot right. of maintenance. And in fact, when we were coming back from that rally in Waco, um, you know, she's getting calls because the air conditioner, was, I was just like, mm, 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 mm. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, like to me, there isn't enough money in it for that. Yeah. So, you know, so you have to pick your poison, right? You've got to pick what it is you want to do. Like, like I want, you know, I, I like storage. I'm looking at, I'm looking at a storage deal. Um, I, I'm kind of getting into these commercial condos now where you rent offices because they're oh, not yeah. crazy. Yeah, they're not crazy expensive to acquire. And, you know, they cash flow really nicely. Um, you know, I already said storage, uh, multifamily. Like the, the thing I would tell everyone not to get to go with really is single door stuff. You know, I mean, you know, especially <laughs> in my market. So $500,000 here will buy a single door in Austin, but it'll buy two doors here. Well, the two doors, you know, I mean, it's almost double the income, right? So the more doors, the more cash flow. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, try to buy when you're buying, when you're and when you're looking at residential, try to buy as many doors as you can buy. Yeah. And now I'm always looking at stuff. I was t- going to visit my mom today and I saw this apartment complex and it was probably about a hundred doors. I wrote down the name of it. I'm like, I'm going to find out who owns it. Yeah. I'm going to see if it, I'm going to see if, 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 if they'd sell it, it's perfect. It's like in a great location. Chances are they, they, they won't, but they might. You never you know. Write down anyway. the line too and I'll keep your information. Yeah. Been there for- things have happened. Yeah. I mean, that's what Adam does. He secures these long, long, long-term leases, gets first right of refusal on all these buildings. And then he so sells them out and pays the rent and then makes money off of them. And then so smart. And, I mean, and he's got the car dealership, the paint body shop, the mechanics. I mean, he's got, everybody's like, how do you do it? Well, we got people. <laughs> yeah. And like most of like Halcyon, it runs itself like a cruise ship now. The new one pretty much is already taken off running like a cruise ship. So That's yeah. so great, Casey. Awesome. Yeah. But that's the only way. So, that when, so then when, when bad things happen, right? That's how I we mean, survived all this. You survive because that's where the money we is. Our rent through COVID when a lot of people couldn't. Right. I know we have, I mean, obviously not obviously, but 
most of our investments are in real estate, but we've got, you know, some stuff in the stock market and I'm just. Get it out. I know. I just want to get it out. And we do like flipping. We usually do two of those a year. And you do what? Flipping homes. We do two a year. We love doing that. That's quick money. So we're able to take that money and invest it into these long. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, But the moral of the story is it's all real estate. It's exactly. all real estate. You know. oh, it just—it's yeah. literally you get to pick and choose which fits your lifestyle best. Like we have construction people where we are, and like you know, I've got a good cleaning lady, so Airbnb works. Or yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it just depends on what fits your lifestyle. We need to make like a real estate investment quiz. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then tells you what what you what you should invest in. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good idea. So. Like yeah, we, we just have to be careful like giving too much advice as realtors, right? I mean, yes. you know, yeah. and, and, and my, my, my rule of thumb for people is if it's not something I would do myself, I, I don't recommend it. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to tell us about, speaking of investing, your new women's investing program as well. Yeah, Women like Wire that. Inc. Women yes. Winning in Real Estate Incorporated. Love it. And um, I'm going to Dallas on Wednesday. I've got a, a new partner um, that hopefully we're, we're putting together an investment fund. So I'm super excited about that. Girl? Huh? Is this the commercial girl? Yeah, yeah awesome. Pam Goodwin. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, but anyways, and so and so, you know, you know, we're looking to put together a fund that women can put in 500, 5,000, 50,000, 500,000, whatever that looks like. Uh, and then, you know, and then it would start falling into some SEC regulations. We, we we're looking to partner with somebody that uh, that is already doing it. Yeah. And uh, and setting up this fund for uh, Women Wire Inc. And um, because a lot of women like you know, I, I think everybody should be in real estate, but not everybody wants to be in real estate. Like you don't want to property manage it. You don't really want to own the entire asset, but you want to get the returns of being a real estate investor. You want to get the depreciation schedule of being a real estate investor. You want to get the safety net of being a real estate investor. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that we have we have that coming, too. So super excited. We're going to go on a road tour. Um and, you know, just really talk to women about, and the big thing is, is to really, is if, you know, you're out there, you know, if women, especially, and that's who I'll talk about on this, in this segment, but, yeah. um, you know, there's a $1 million wealth investment wealth gap between men and women of the same age, same caliber, same income, same education. And why? Because guys will throw it on the line and, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Women yeah. hold their money in cash, right? They're scared investors. And it's, this is an 80, 20 rule. So don't blow me up, but it, it's true. So what the problem is, is that when you get into inflationary modes, our cash becomes, you know, that hundred thousand we had in the bank, you know, depending on where you live might be worth 80,000 in real dollars, right. Or 70 or 60 or whatever. Yeah. And so, so, you know, and, and so, and then, so, so taking the 401ks, taking the IRAs and, and converting those, um, those tools and those vehicles into self-directed IRAs. Then at that point you can self-direct where that, where that, um, where that money goes and you can put it all into real estate. So there's a lot of really exciting things and I've spent a lot of time not only doing it myself, but just really learning it and talking to experts on it so that I'd be really well versed. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited about that fund yeah. too, because I feel like a lot of uh, girls like in my age, like 30 or high, you know, high twenties, low thirties are like really thinking about this. Like we've yeah. bought our, we've bought our first house for the most, like a lot of people have bought or a lot of people my age have bought their first house and now they're looking into getting into like they they're on their feet to 
get into investing but don't know where to start necessarily. Yeah. Like, I feel like this would be a good start, but then it will be a good start. Like, yeah, and then, and then just teaching them the power of converting their IRAs and converting their 401ks into self-directed, because then that money can be used to pay cash, can be used for earnest money, can be used for option money, it can it can be used yeah. for whatever you want to, real estate related. So, like, if you if your money if you're if you have money in a 401k, it can only go to certain things because if you take it out, it's yeah, you yeah, it. you're actually you're actually penalized for taking it out, but if you convert right. it. To a self-directed IRA, then you you know you don't you don't have a penalty for taking the money out, because what happens is is the asset, which is the house that you're buying, becomes the investment for yeah. for you, right? And so and so someday when you sell it, that money gets has to get, gets routed back into that account. But you can continue to roll that money as long as it stays a self-directed IRA. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, because I think I think you can use your four hundred one k as a down payment on your primary property but i don't That's think ten thousand do dollars okay yeah. you can't do it for like earnest or anything no like well i think you can but it's up to ten thousand dollars and if you take out more than that then you get penalized okay yeah so you know it's your money yeah right and the last thing you want your money tied to ladies and gentlemen is to anything that that you don't have control over you don't have control over Johnson and Johnson or Dell computers, Amazon, or all the other things that you own stock in, you have no control over their earnings. I mean, the banks have proven us to us just of late that, you know, there's very few businesses that are, that are too big to fail. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. So if you can self-direct redirect that money into an asset that you can control, then, you know, you're on track to start building generational wealth. Okay. So we need self-directed IRAs. IRAs. Mm -hmm. oh, man. So much, so much. I know it is, but it's like, oh my gosh, why like why why is why does nobody teach us this in school? Like it's so sad. I know. I don't know. Just feel like Since 101 should be a thing in school. It should. Well, you know, I, I don't know if Sharon Lecter told you, but I just did a big women's summit with her. And um, you know, she's the head of financial literacy for Arizona. Right. And so her, her initiative has always been to bring financial literacy into the schools. Cause like we teach kids, God knows what horrible things, but we're not teaching them how to um, balance their checkbook, how to, you know, any, I mean, all the tenants, all the tenants of financial literacy, right. Budgeting and all of that. So it's critical. I mean, yeah. And Sharon's got a really good game. She created um, it's a, it's a board game and it's called, not cash flow. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot. SharonLector.com. You guys should check it out though. Um, uh, cash flow quadrant, maybe That's is what it's called. But it, but she has the game for kids. And about five years ago, she sent out a ton of them to my kids. And then and then and then we took them up to the school, like where my daughter was teaching. So she could kids how to do or how to um, have financial literacy. Like it, it's down to everything. Like how do you manage your how do you manage your allowance? You know, take out 10% to, to, for charity and you take out, you know, 10% for this and, you know, this and this and this. And so anyways, um, I think that's the best thing we can do for our kids. And I think the best thing we can do is um, show them what we're doing all the time. I mean, yes. Both of my kids are real estate investors because they saw me do it all these right. years. So they're both, you know, just always looking at deals, always looking at deals, you know, always wanting to know what's going on.
Yeah. Right. Because they know that that's the way to get away from the man. Right. That that big corporate work job is yeah. cash flow. Yeah. Well, and they have I mean, this is also stuff that you've talked about recently, too, but they have like a generational interest in what you're investing in, too, because. Yeah, because 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 when I die, it's theirs. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them that all the time. I'm like, hey, mommy, mommy just bought another building. They're like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> mommy just bought another building. Yeah, they're all excited. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not planning to go anywhere for a while, but yeah, when I do, it's yours. So yeah, yeah, um, and that's one of the things I talked about with on Sharon's deal the other day is that you know this whole lioness, not a lamb. You know, as as women, I, I don't know if there's, I'm sure there's men on here too, but as women, I'll just speak to this, but that we need to be lionesses, and the lioness in the jungle is really the queen of the jungle. It's not the lion. The lion sleeps 20 hours a day, and he defends the pride. The lioness is the one who, who hunts, she gets the food, she raises the cubs, she does all of that. Well, that's what we need to be, right? We need to be a lioness. I mean, so it's a lioness, not a lamb, because lambs get slaughtered. And so many people are sitting on the sideline right now because they're paralyzed in fear. They're like, oh, God, the world's coming to an end. Oh, God, the, 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 the. And I'm just like, get up, right? Get up. You're going to get slaughtered if you don't get into the mindset that you're going to start playing offense and defense. Like it, it really goes both ways. Yeah. And you have to defend what you've got, but you've also got to not be afraid to run that ball down the field right. you know, and make some investments. And especially if you're in real estate, like if you're out selling real estate to other people, then you ought to be good enough and believe in yourself enough to make your own investments. And if you can't do that, you're in the wrong business. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. When I bought my first one last May, I was a proud that I bought it. And second, I, there was no question about it. I had told all these people what a great investment it was. Nobody wanted to jump on it. So I was like, you know what? I'll be able to buy. I have my two years done. So, yep. Love it. See, but like, but wasn't that, I mean, like, didn't you feel like a lioness when that was done? You're I like, felt so proud because I mean, I came from that teacher background. Right. right. That's what my whole book I'm working on that should come out in, in April just struggling paycheck to paycheck and still working seven days a week and not getting anywhere. So, yeah. And knowing that I can't go any higher than this because the man's controlling my money. He controls what I'm making, no matter how hard I work, this is as much. Yeah. That's my, my daughter. She was a teacher for six years, a special mm -hmm. ed teacher. And as much as she loved the kids and she loved the job, she was like, this is stupid. I can't work for 45,000. I can't live on $45,000 a year. Yeah, I think mine was less than that. And then they gave us a pay raise, which put us in a different tax bracket, which I had to pay more taxes. So I ended up making less than before the raise. So I was like, this is the most. So oh. Yeah. So. But it yeah. made me who I am today. I felt yeah. I wouldn't take those years back for anything. Exactly. And it gives exactly. me the drive now that I don't want to go back to that. So. Yeah. So I just, you know, I just want to just encourage all of you, like, like if you're out and you're hustling, and you're selling real estate, you need to be looking for deals for yourself every day. And then you need to figure out, you know, I mean, you need to get your credit in shape. Right. Yeah. Um, but then, but then you need to figure out, like, you don't have to do these deals by yourself. You need to go to your friends who work at, at Dell computer and at IBM and wherever else and just say, Hey, I know you got a 401k. Why don't you do this deal with me? You can do self-directed. You bring in the equity. I'll do the debt. Or maybe both of you do the debt together, whatever that looks like, but you've got to get in the game. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to, yeah, I think the self-directed, especially for people my age where they don't, it's uh, I think Sharon Lecter, well, uh, not everyone my age is like this, but there's, she says we have a lot of Henry's high, high earners, not yet rich. Oh, 
Not rich. Love yet. That. Not rich yet. There we Not go. Not rich yet. Henry's. Oh, I'm going to steal that. I'm writing that one down. Yes. And um, so true. I feel like the way to get around that is to do it together with other with other people that you can obviously yeah. people. Who on here wants to invest? I can find a property. Who wants to invest with me? Let's go to yeah. Wilmington or figure eight, figure eight. Yes. <laughs> Let's do this. No, that's really good. The Henry, um, you know, I mean, I've always heard dink double income, no kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But not a Henry. See, we all learned something out here. Look, here we go. <laughs> Crowdfunded. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Do we got well, here? I'll actually have the vehicle by the end of next week. So, okay. There you go. Yeah. That we can put it in. Well, I'm just, I think, I think even now that we're talking about how women are afraid to invest their money into things more so than men, for the most part, I think that's also and going it, to be. And, and part of it is, is because women are more cautious, right? It, yeah. I don't, afraid might be kind of a stretch, but they're just more cautious. Like, no, I want my money where I can see it. Like, you know, just Sarah Jessica Parker used to say in my closet, in my closet. I want my money where I can see it. Right. Like I want to see yeah, it in my bank account. <laughs> I want to know if something happens that I can go get money. I can go get money, you yeah. know? And, and if you take all your money, you divert it to real estate. It's a little trickier to go get your money, but you can also borrow against that real estate. You can leverage that real estate to get more money than you'll ever have just sitting in the bank. Right. Well, um, what I was saying is I feel like it's just going to be a trend for, um, you know, millennials and Gen Z as Gen Z gets older. Um, I, I mean, I just the way that we've grown up um, and the lack of, you know, knowledge growing up in school. And I think the lack I, I think it's just going to be even more so with parents to kids. Um, hopefully not. But I think that will be a trend in future years. And I think this is going to be, you know, the more we can talk about it and the more we make talking about money less taboo. Right. We can combat this. Right. I mean, people like people like they're almost ashamed to talk about money. They're ashamed to talk about what they make. They're ashamed to talk about what they own. I well, mean, I think especially like women, a, because we've always been taught that it's not good manners. Either yeah, don't, yeah, we, you know, never ever go to the dinner table and talk about politics, religion, or money. Well, that is what's wrong with this country. That's why so That's many people exactly are screwed that. up. Because mm -hmm. their mom and dad do not tell them what's right and wrong in America. Even if you don't agree on stuff, there's ways to have constructive conversations and not be ugly and, and learn from one, like learn perspectives and put yourself in other people's shoes. Not that you have to agree with it, but it's Good but I think as parents, we need to take the lead. Like, yeah. like my kids growing up, they knew where we stood on everything. Yeah. Politically, our religion, all of that. Right. And it was like, this is who we are as a family now. And hopefully my goal was by the time I sent them to college that they didn't get destroyed. Um, and um, but, you know, but I, I think that I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, that people try to give kids too much freedom and it, it's a mistake, right? Like we've got to guide these kids in the ways of the world. And we've got to tell them from our experience, what makes sense, what, who our family is, what our family stands for, what, you know, and again, every family is different. So I'm not saying your family has got to stand for what my family stands for, but I just know that I need to raise my kids with what our family beliefs are and our, and our value system, our, um, you know, monetarily everything everything to teach them how to and i think that's where my dad did a really good job is that you know like my dad was an entrepreneur and he made me and he, you know he did very well but he made me work for everything i worked for everything i, I used to do and i think that 
I think yeah. that's what's wrong with a lot of this. They don't feel like they have to work. No, they're just entitled. It's like, uh, they, here. They deserve more. And yeah. Yeah, totally. So now we've totally gone off of real estate. <laughs> I know, but it's still, it still plays in. I feel like. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Values and working for something and understanding. Well, and I think yeah. it's also conversations we have as real estate agents with our clients too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you don't, you're, you're going to at some point. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's critical. So yeah, I, I think that, I think we're at a real impasse right now. And I think that um, we have to get really smart. And you got to find who you trust and you got to work with people you trust and you have, and you have to do your own research. Like I won't even watch the news anymore. I read the news on Reuters. So I read the news on Reuters on Twitter because the Reuters feed is what all the news stations are picking up to put their bias on it. So I read Reuters and I, then I, then I put my own bias on it. Right. And I'm good with that because it's mine. Right. <laughs> yes. So somebody asked yeah. me the other day about something that happened in Raleigh and they were like, did you not see it on? I was like, I don't have time to watch the news. So, and I read. Well, all you need to do, Casey, is just go to Twitter to, to Reuters. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's, there, yeah. there's your news feed of what's there going on. And I get to read it and it's making my brain work. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny too. We're all in, um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm in San Angelo, but I'm, breaking into the Dallas market. You're in the Austin market, Lisa and Casey's in Raleigh. We're all in these like crazy markets right now too, where there still is low inventory. There's still yeah. multiple offers happening. Oh, big time. Uh, like New Bern where I was today, who would have ever thought every house we've made offers on multiple offers. The other day they got 25 offers on one house. We, we ended up winning, Ooh. but I mean, it still, I haven't lived in New Bern a long time, but I would have never guessed that for New Bern. I would have never. All these people coming from New Jersey, that's where those concerts are from, Washington State, all these coming from other places. So, Yeah, getting the hell out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think that it, it, we'd be remiss if we didn't finish up with the fact that the greatest passive income in the world is EXP Realty. And so, yes. yeah, that's um, <laughs> so if you're watching this and you're not with EXP Realty, you know, um, uh, I'll have been with the company three years in June, you know, and I've got a, a mid six figure, um, income just from my, my organization. Mm -hmm. So whether I sold a house or not, right. So that's more, and it isn't necessarily money you make in your sleep, which is why they call it. It's not, uh, they don't call it passive income. They call it, uh, or, um, mailbox money. No, we're not allowed to call it that. So I'm going to get in trouble, but it's not <laughs> passive income because passive income is money you make in your sleep. So when you, when you have an organization or a downline, like, you know, you've got to work with them and train them and help them and talk to them yes. and answer questions. Yes. So it's yes. not passive, but it's, uh, it starts with an R and I'm just, uh, residual I, income. Yeah, it isn't residual. Oh, so I mean, I mean, it's residual sort of, but it's not um, because residual means that it would be the same every month. Anyways, it's, Oh, I'd have to text Elena Cardone because she, she and I got a little, we, 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 we were told what we had to call it. I'll just leave it at that. And I can't think of it right you now. You and Elena getting in trouble? Never, 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 <laughs> never. And so, so we always want to say the right thing, but I'm just saying like, you know, you know, it's, 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 it's leveraged income. That's what it's called. Leveraged, leveraged yeah. income. Right. And so, and why is it leveraged? Because we're leveraging, I'm leveraging the work of Hallie and Cass, Casey and, and everybody in my team. Yeah. You know, I get a little bit of a lot. Right. Yeah. And so again, 
you need to have multiple buckets. And I'm sure Sharon talked about this, multiple streams of income, right? So one, you, you should have a bucket that's real estate, that, that's passive income. You should have some sort of leveraged income where, you know, where you're, where you're getting a little bit off of a lot of people within your business, right? You should have your everyday income, right? Which is your ordinary income. That's, that's when you're out working for the man. You know, and, and, you know, and then, and then, you know, you, you've got your entrepreneur income, right? Which is we're entrepreneurs as realtors. So, you know, there's, there's just a lot of ways, but you need several different so that if one of those boats gets rocked, your other boats are clicking along. Yes. Right. Yeah. Lots of balls in the air. Yeah. Lots of balls. I mean, and that's just, All the time. I feel like one of the, the aspects, I mean, I had a call today. Um, I think she's on here. Her name's Aubrey and just like the whole collab, I think having us all be stockholders in the company. Yes. Th yes. That's obviously great. That's another, you know, stream of income, for yeah, us, it but it makes us, um, it's kind of like that saying all tides. Wait, what is, how does it go? Oh, oh, all, bo all boats rise or all tides. Ri I don't know. All I, don't tides rise the boat. I don't know. Anyways, it's just, it's all collaboration and helping each other because, the better Casey does, the better Lisa does, the better our company yeah. does, and that therefore the better my stock does. And right. I don't even think about it like that. I think it's also a, a cultural, um, like a cultural aspect too of just what makes EXP EXP. Well, Randy Randy did a good um, a good uh, explanation. Residual income is the money that continues to flow after initial investment of time. Uh, and resources has been completed. Examples of residual income include artist royalties, rental income, interest income, and dividend payments. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. Also, Angela, um, this will be recorded so you can go back and watch. It'll be like once this, it'll be posted on our page wherever you're watching it. You can go back and watch at any point. So, yay for all the notes you'll take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take notes, take notes, buy real estate. Yep. Randy said, including downline income. Yeah. Except that I will tell you, EXP has absolutely said we cannot call it residual income. It is leveraged income. Leveraged. That is, that is the SEC approved term, not residual, not passive. Interesting. I learned yeah. something tonight. Yeah. I know, right? I learned a lot tonight, but that one I need to hold on to. <laughs> yeah. That one's important. So we, so we, so we stay in compliance. Thank you for getting in trouble so now we don't have to. Exactly. <laughs> That's Lisa for you. Yeah. I just say it. If you guys have not figured it out from the beginning of this, I say it like it is. Yeah. Okay. So Lisa, why don't you plug yourself? Um, where can people find you? Oh, um, I would just say, follow me. Like if, uh, if uh, you want to like learn about um, what I think about what's going on in the world, <laughs> follow me on Twitter. And um if that would offend you in any way, shape, or form, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yes. By the way, I'm going to follow you. Events coming that. Up that you're speaking at. Pardon me. Do you have any events coming up that you're speaking at? Uh, this is also a keynote speaker. Yeah, Hi, nothing right now. Nothing real estate related. I've got some some private corporate stuff, but yeah, nothing real Here's estate. Related. Your new book. I need a copy of that thing. <laughs> oh, which book? The one. It was a link the other day or something like about. Oh, month. for crushing mediocrity. I'll send I, it to you. I could never get it to work. So oh, okay, yeah, I'll send it over to you. It makes yeah. me want to be friends with all of your friends. Oh, uh, thank you. I've got good you have friends. A good group. Yes, I've got good friends. But you know, you guys are my friends too, and like, so we're all in this together. I just yeah. want to tell people like get that money out of the bank. Yeah. Um. 
don't oh, trust the government, gonna... buy real estate. I mean, we're all going to go to um, Tarek's Flipping Summit. Yeah, Tarek's Flipping Summit Heather. at the end of April. Yeah. And then it's uh, Mary and Romine, all from Selling Sunset. And then Pace Morby, is yeah. his wife doing it too or just him? I don't know, but his, his wife's in my organization at EXP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, that's going to be in Scottsdale at the end of April, Casey. Okay. Yeah, Casey, you ought to come. We're all going. I know. I, know. I, could, I need to see you all. I'm yeah, so come with us. I know. Maybe we could get Haas to go. Haas will go. Haas called me today. I was busy, so I didn't I didn't answer the phone. So I guess I owe him a phone call after this. <laughs> He's having me. I have an agent decide on in Destin, the 30A autumn, and I want you to meet her, Lisa. Like, I okay. Well, yeah. just, you know, the easiest way to get me on that, Casey, is invite her to that Thursday call I do. Okay. I'm going to do that. I've sent her all your links and stuff. I'm like, okay, good. yeah, that's another, if you're interested in our team, um, Lisa has a call on Thursdays. So. 10 central. Where do we follow Lisa at to learn more about real estate investment tips and tricks? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, and I'm going to do it. So the women wire, women wire, W I R E Inc.com. I guess I could put that in the, in the comments. If you yeah. Put that, I'll put your Facebook page. Yeah. Because I mean, we, we, we do have that website spinning up and we've got courses we're doing. And so, you know, that's, that's my passion is to help women. And of course the guy, it's the same advice for the men, but I just feel like, you know, um, women need this advice. Women need to kick them in the butt a little bit, get kicked in the butt a little bit. So I'm good. I'm, I'm a good coach for that. Okay. I'm going to put Lisa's, um, Facebook on this little ticker deal. I, it's been showing her. So this shows her Instagram. That's my Instagram. And then Lisa C. Copeland is my Twitter. If you want to see the angry American in me come out. <laughs> I'm going to follow you right now on Twitter. Okay. So here's her Facebook link. Facebook.com slash Realtor Lisa Copeland. Um, and I believe it's just where you can, you can add her as a friend. You can follow her. That's yeah. where I see a lot of your... Um, yeah. Stuff if you're going to talk about it too. Yeah. When she just does lives every now and then. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You could probably go back and look at her Facebook or even you probably share those to YouTube. And then YouTube. I have a ton of content on YouTube. Yeah. A lot of videos I've made on stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. Well, great. Right. And Lisa, thank you for coming on. It's you're welcome. Always, you're such a wealth of knowledge. I just, I value your opinion so much. So. Oh, I love you guys. Okay. So Casey, get your, get your tickets for um, Arizona. Please. Send me, the, send me the thing. Holly, I'll work on that. Okay. I'll tell Adam I'm gone that weekend. So. Love it. All right. We will see y'all uh, next Monday, same time. And uh, if you guys are interested in learning more from Lisa, um, we've got her Facebook plugged below again. Um, DM us with any questions and as always have a good Monday evening and we'll see you next Monday. All right. Bye guys. Be great. Bye. Bye. Rockman was quiet tonight.